Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Nice. The days are long now. They are quite long. We were just pre-game chatting about this, that uh, I've been up longer than I maybe wanted to be up because I didn't draw my shades last night, and uh, by uh, six o'clock, it's a face full of sunshine. <laughs> yep. so, so, yeah. There are worse things. There are much worse things, yeah. I, I can't can't really complain too much about the long days. It makes for uh, nice long evenings if you're going to do something outside. And uh, Do you uh, sleep with a sleep mask, like an eye cover? I have tried that off and on. Like it usually ends up coming off or if I put it too tight, then I like it, it messes with my ability to fall asleep. So I still haven't quite mastered the mask. I'm a big fan. I, I use one every night and it definitely helps. This is hard for me to get like a room like totally dark, but the sleep mask really does the, does the trick. Hmm. I think I would prefer that to like trying to like close every shade. Cause I kind of like to, I don't know, as I'm drifting off, being able to, well, just winding down, I like to be able to look out, look out the window, you know? So, but I am, I'm a big fan of the white noise machine too, though. That really helps. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I, I do earplugs for that. I've got a whole sleep set up. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> and I've also like, I think I'm grinding my teeth at night probably. Oh yeah. I've looked into like night, like mouth guard things. And it's yep. like, wow, do I, am I going to really need another piece of kit to go to sleep? <laughs> yeah. Like I already turned to this crazy isolation thing at night. It's like, God, how many tools I'm going to have to have like by my bed. That's hilarious. I did an Invisalign orthodontics a few years ago and they kind of leave you with like, you're kind of supposed to wear the last tray to just to keep things steady or whatever. I think that was a good thing because I, I do think that, especially when I'm stressed, I like at least clench my teeth and, and grind them and wake up with a sore jaw and that's no fun. Yeah. Yeah. I notice I'm doing it at random times during the day. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, why am I? Yep. <laughs> yep. Not the best. Nope. So what's going on in your world? Oh, you know, stuff. Um, <laughs> stuff. Working cool. on stuff. It's funny, like, uh, so the last few weeks I've kind of, well, through various false starts, been planning to, like, talk publicly about the the product that I've been kind of covertly building for a little while. And I keep telling you, like, well, I expect by this time I'll have something close to ready to ship into the world. And I wanted to kind of align, you know, introducing it with being able to pretty quickly ship at least like a a beta version of the product or whatever. And I'm still saying I'm close, but it's just, it's so agonizing how slow this stuff moves. I feel like I have a pretty tight scope on what I want to build before I at least start dog fooding it and then start, you know, putting it in the hands of kind of my earliest users. But man, sometimes it just feels like I'm making, you know, inches progress when I'm, I'm picturing like, like making a huge stride this week, you know? Um, so what do you feel like the, the biggest contributors are to that? Certainly like my own perfectionism is always a struggle. I do tend to put more polish on parts that don't necessarily need it right away. And so I think there's that. There's also just the fact that it's just building good software. Like we talked about last week is just, it's hard. There's a lot of, there's so many decisions that go into it. And like, I think it just, it, does take time and being a solo operator there's only so many hours in the day and yeah so i think it's just something i have to i have to get comfortable with but Mm. do you have anybody that like in your life that would kind of maybe help you with the just like just ship it part and just tell you like derek this is good enough like just go Mm -hmm. 
I mean, probably you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Probably like Rob. I think I have plenty of people around me that if I let them into that, oh, also my mastermind group, we're all kind of particular also about our software. So I definitely have people around me too who share probably a similar struggle of like, you know, trying to get things perfect and stuff. So Mm. Mm -hmm. this is a time where I wonder if having more runway due to having raised makes you like a little bit less willing to just to just go mm-hmm. if the clock yeah. were t- counting down a little faster you might be like you know what i have to cut scope and prioritize and, and get this out the door i'm willing to admit that i probably do have a blind spot like i like to think that that's not um the case but since i'm not in that situation and i do have a little bit of runway <laughs> i can't really say whether i i mean i'm sure my feet would be much more to the fire if literally like oh i'm gonna about the business is gonna run out of cash in three months i better get this shipped you know yeah you're probably not probably not wrong on that do you feel like there's a chance you're over investing in quality or a polish or something like that or does it just feel like do you feel like it's mostly that the domain is difficult and you need a, a fairly high baseline to get what you want this is always the question that i have in my head like And I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with these days with minimum viable products because the quality bar is fairly high, I think, in a lot of spaces. And especially because I'm I'm sort of planning to propose this to my audience of startupy people. And there's just so many good tools out there for people in our circles. If I were like building this tool for the construction industry or some like brick and mortar industry that has really, really terrible software and like if it was just slightly less terrible, then this would be a big improvement, then I might be able to get away with more. But I feel like part of my differentiation with this is like I'm trying to build the core piece of interface. I'm trying to build the best iteration of that on the market today. And that like that's that's what's going to set me apart. And so I am sort of hanging my initial like coming out to the world with this idea on like, nope, my goal is to pursue building the best, the smoothest interface for this job to be done. And, and that means I have to invest quite a bit in quality or else it's, or else it's going to be like, well, if it's just truly like a duct tape together MVP, then it's like, well, this is not anywhere close to better than what's on the market today. So it's, you know, you, I can't really use that as my, my leading innovation, you know? Mm, yeah. So, hmm. My friends that will tease me that like I just really need to stop building software for for smart people or for particular people or for like <laughs> that can be I think at times the hardest audience to try to build for yeah price mm. sensitive and picky and whatever um, <laughs> you know sure it sounds like a high bar like you're gonna build the best version of a thing for people that are very picky about the tool right alone <laughs> right it's like wow that's that sounds hard I know I know. Like, I can't imagine just trying to approach, like, some market that I don't have intense familiarity with or, like, is, is nothing like me and trying to sell to them. Like, that that feels also feels like a, a big learning curve to get into the mindset of someone completely different than myself. So I'm just sort of I'm stuck in that way <laughs> where I'm going to build for people like me. They're going to be they're going to be pretty particular. Yeah, I, I guess. So maybe you can flex on that other axis, which is like maybe there's some like narrow part of the wedge where it's like this is not the best overall thing but it, it has this one opinionated decision in it and that attracts the right kind of person and you can tell them look there's going to be more things like this coming and so if you like this philosophy this will work for you yeah yeah i think that's really what i'm angling for like i i have you, know, you and i've talked offline like i have a whole a whole list of different 
differentiators, innovations, whatever you want to call them, like like power user features that that have come up in conversations with people as I've kind of vetted the idea. And one, I think that I can't, it, it would be foolish to try to like lead with all of those and say like, I'm going to tackle all these things out of the gate or at least, you know, over promise in that direction. Like, I don't think that's, and I also think it, it would then, will then like lack a bit of clarity. I'm a fan of like identifying like what's the one really important thing that people should care about when thinking about adopting the software, you know? And I got to, pick the narrowest thing that I think will be compelling to people <laughs> and and start with that. And Yeah. When we were building the, the Tuple Alpha, I remember being pretty convinced we needed certain features and like certain qualities and a certain latency level and all this. And we committed to a launch date and launched. And I remember just being like fairly embarrassed about the state of the product and like feeling like we were under delivering on these things that we thought were like the core value propositions and it turned out like what we had built was good enough in a bunch of those areas and it was like huh i thought for sure that this this part was not good enough but people say it's better than what they have and it was like wow okay well i guess that's actually not the highest priority thing to work on right now it's actually something else i mean having built a, a, a few products before and knowing that it's you're often wrong about your assumptions and you your priorities and your understanding changes as you actually have people start using it it's it's easy to get into that state, so you might want to consider, consider prioritizing, <laughs> you know, shipping something <laughs> yeah. to somebody. Yeah, um, it could be that your assessment of the situation isn't even like directed in the right way right now. Yeah, I mean, I suspect that I am off off target. Like, I think, I mean, the number of people who instantly get product market fit right out of the gate. I mean, that's that's very rare. It's there's something comforting about that that like. I think you can do all the interviews, you can do all the diligence, you can gather user information, do the mom test, try to gather all this data. And I think you still don't necessarily come out on the other end with like a perfect, perfectly aligned product market fit type of situation. That only comes by by actually shipping something into the market and seeing what works in reality. Um, yep. So, yep. Even like the failure of a something to stick or to resonate is is learning. That's data. It's like, okay, I thought yeah. these three things were important. Nobody cares. Uh, yeah. Crap. I yeah. need another thing or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be hard not to learn something. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like a date might be helpful? Or are you in like the, or is that not useful, you think? Yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> thinking. <laughs> I think a date would be helpful, but now the obvious next question is, all right, what's the date? And that's where I'm hesitating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't ask you to like name a date on the fly yeah. on a podcast, but like deciding yeah. like, okay, I need something in the market by X, I think might be a useful exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll, okay. I will commit to having a date by the next time we record. Excellent. <laughs> cool yeah so i've been talking to some executive coaches <laughs> this sounds so fancy why are you doing this <laughs> i love coaching one-on-one coaching is my favorite purchase i get one-on-one coaching whenever i can it, because my favorite thing is getting better at something like i just find that to be the most interesting satisfying use of life basically is improvement in, in anything that i'm into at the time and like one-on-one coaching is just like mainlining improvement <laughs> and so i love that I like that. Um, yeah. And so, like, 
I get one-on-one coaching for like video games. Like that, that's like, it's just like whatever I'm into, I want coaching. Like I'm into singing. I want voice lessons. I'm into this video game. I'm going to hire a professional player in that video game to teach me how to be better. I'm like into style. I'm going to get a stylist, like all these things. I just, just like a meta habit for me. But so like the thing I'm doing with most of my time is running tuple and tuple is getting more complicated. So like we have our first full-time person starting in 10 days. We're probably going to hire more people. We have a good number of part-time people and it's just getting, it's just getting harder than like the three of us in a bedroom. Uh, we're like, you know, all communications between us and, you know, it's just, it's more complicated. So, and I want to be better at it. So I'm trying to find someone to help me get better at that. And so I've talked to two people so far. I think coaching is kind of an interesting industry. <laughs> <laughs> I love how carefully worded this is. <laughs> yeah. So like an executive coach with a bunch of experience wants to charge you like $25,000 for six months of coaching where they meet with you basically once a week or maybe less often less. So they want to charge you basically like one to $2,000 an hour for like a zoom calls, which I think is, you know, kudos to them for charging more and uh, understanding that like, the company is paying for it, right? So it's like you can you charge company rates, not like individual rates. My video game coach was thirty an hour, yeah. So, <laughs> but Tuple wouldn't pay for it, so yeah. It's funny when you're when you're considering purchasing these kind of items. Everyone's very excited to talk to you. <laughs> you yeah. want to jump on a call today? How about in ten minutes? Right, right. Um, everyone is willing to take your call because yes. maybe you're going to be you know a large deal for them. But there's this thing. Like, so I was talking to this coach yesterday. She is like, has a ton of experience. She's like, I've been doing this coaching since 1998. And I'm like, okay, so you haven't had a, like a job <laughs> or like, you know, you haven't been an executive yourself. It seems like for since quite a long time. before 1998. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually ran a coaching company. So she did have people, she did have like her own sort of thing. So that was not totally true for her, but there is kind of this thing where it's like, okay, if you're coaching, you're not, you're kind of not doing the thing. They're distinct activities, right? And so like, I'm, I'm kind of always like a little skeptical of that situation where it's like, if I hired someone who like just stopped being a CEO or like had gone through the exact thing that I had been through recently-ish or was a bit farther ahead of me, that would be like, okay, I can totally see how that experience can help me here. I can also see how coaches could be great without having that experience. Like there's a whole therapist component i think to good coaching where it's like can you understand this person's like internal motivations and help them debug that and just even just be like an accountability partner like if it's just like hey ben last two weeks ago you said you were gonna have done this thing by then did you do it like even that is useful and doesn't require you know specific experience i think also probably wouldn't require 25 grand um, (laughs) for accountability (laughs) exactly yeah and then there's this like coachy thing where it's like it seems to be very steeped in businessy. Like, it seems like a lot of the times the companies that are hiring these people are like work for like Coca Cola or something. So like they send like they send me these documents to say things like, "I will provide appropriate frameworks, tools, artifacts, and benchmarks that you can use to develop an aligned strategy with operations and guide you in implementing the governance and performance metrics required to deliver results." Oh my gosh, that is a and mouthful like, of jargon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I get what all that those words mean and i get why you would put them all together but when i see them all together i'm kind of like eh, we still are kind of a startup and 
you're sounding very businessy and i want to get more businessy and that's kind of what we're doing but i don't know plain talk plain speech would be sort of nice where do you start your search for this kind of coach yeah i took a meeting a couple weeks ago don't read this the wrong way but with a vc from a very prominent organization like everyone has heard of this this group still no intention of raising money but a friend someone i respect was like hey you should talk to this guy he's smart i know you don't want to raise money but you should he wants to talk to you you should talk to him i said yes and we just had a chat and it was like clearly we're not a fit for each other we don't want to raise don't worry about it Uh, but i was like he was like is there anything i can help you with and i was like yeah actually i'm looking for some ceo coaches and so these are referrals from this person which might be why they're like a little bit more on the businessy kind of side or like a lot of them were kind of like worked with a lot of venture-backed companies obviously um so it could be that i sort of started from the wrong point and i might need more like bootstrappery recommendations yeah it's like interesting because i would think that even like a venture-backed startup i mean suppose if they raise buckets and buckets then they are probably scaling up their people organization really fast and like crash head on on into these kind of more traditional business type of problems but i would think that like I don't know. These are at least still early stage companies. So you would hope that the coaches that are working with them are kind of attuned to those needs. Yeah. And, and like, I could just be wrong. Like, this, like these people could be great. I'm just sort of going, just sort of like a feel and making kind of snap judgments. So I haven't ruled out working with like the people I've talked to so far. I might still do that. Didn't feel like a total fit right away. So when I think about like The Great CEO Within, which is this book uh, that I'm a big fan of, uh, written by uh, Matt Machari. And he is a coach. And this book is so well written and full of practical advice in plain language. And it's like, that feels like the kind of coaching I want. I think a little bit more than providing appropriate frameworks, tools, artifacts, and benchmarks. I think there's probably just like a range of different coaching types. And I think kind of what I want is maybe someone who was more of an operator like I'm trying to become, like actually in the trenches. And then turned to coaching because they like helping people who are we're going through the same situation, and less like a lifelong career coach who like have been doing this for a long time. And coaching is like their their jam, I guess. Mm-hmm. Are there like specific things that you're feeling like, like wow, I'm really deficient in this area, or I just really feel like I don't know what I'm doing in this area, or is it more like I don't know what I'm not doing right? I need someone to fill in the unknown unknowns. It's more the latter than anything. Yeah. Like each of these people are like, what are your like your goals with coaching? Or what's like the motivation? And it, it's kind of just like global improvement. Like I just think I could be doing probably most things better. And I have certain weaknesses uh, that I want to shore up. But maybe I don't even know what those are yet. I think one thing that some of these coaches do is like they talk to your team. Like they do like a kind of a 360 review. And they like get feedback from the people you work with. And then they say, okay, turns out everyone thinks you suck at this. So you should work on this which right. sounds very useful yeah yeah it, it's it's less like oh man i'm really struggling with x and more like i just i know i could be better and like in everything i i've done coaching helps so yeah i should i should do this that's like the stuff that you can't necessarily get from just saying i have a problem with x and i'm going to find a subject matter expert on x and ping them about this specific like you know i'm I don't know. I'm having trouble figuring out how to run a good hiring process. So I'm going to talk to an expert on hiring processes and, and figure that out. Yes. Like you're right. looking yeah, for exactly. the, the broader, like, help me fill in gaps that I just have in general, which I mean, to me, that sounds like a more expensive, a more expensive service, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like totally it's more. Uh, yeah. 
it's less specific. And like, the price is a little eye-popping, but I'm, it could be worth it. If there is a dramatic improvement in my ability, then that could turn into, you know, tuple revenue pretty pretty easily. I was a little bit shocked at the price originally, but maybe it's justifiable. I don't know. Well, I think it's pretty cool that you are thinking about this at this stage because you guys aren't huge yet in terms of headcount, you know, at least like my guess would be that a lot of times this this happens much further down the line when when there's already lots of like challenges in the organization and like i would think that this kind of thing happens as like a life a crisis lifeline of like i just my business is completely out of control and i don't know what i'm doing you know so i like this like proactive you know it's it's good yeah well thanks that does seem to be the case like a lot of the coaches i'm talking to like they're like they usually work with people that are at least like 10 10 people like companies that are 10 people or they they do seem to have this assumption that like okay like what what big problem are you coming to me for like what conversations do you need to have that aren't being had or what are the conflicts and i'm like i think it's mostly pretty good not that we have no conflicts but there's not like some raging fire that i'm like oh my god we need professional help i hope i think i'm right about that i hope i'm right about that (laughs) that you know of (laughs) yeah exactly i mean that's yeah yeah, and that's part of it right is like i'm sure i have blind spots and so i'm I hope someone will help me kind of identify those Mm -hmm. so yeah well more on more on this later cool yeah i think it'll be interesting Mm-hmm. so i talked to two people so far i have one more scheduled for next week but i think i'm going to keep keep talking to people because it, it seems like the the way you do this is like you do a get to know you meeting and just kind of see how it goes honestly both the people i talk to seem good they seem effective i'm hoping to kind of get a couple different styles like maybe i can find someone who's uh different than what i've seen so far and, and be like okay this resonates more or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cool yeah curious to see how that goes yeah me too uh so in other news we're possibly gonna get an office oh all right yeah not a done deal but there's this space near uh, where spencer lives that has opened up it's it's sort of apartment d like it has a kitchen and looks like that looks like a living space a residential space but like was previously like a a small like bodega kind of grocery store so it's like first floor retail kind of thing of a residential building. Oh, okay. Yeah. We might take it. Nice. It started like a very unrelated conversation. Then it was like, well, maybe we should just get an office. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, well, there's a space over here that's available. It's like, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And then we started talking about the pros and the cons. And it's like, actually, this sounds kind of cool to have like a dedicated space. And like we could set it up this way and we can do these things with it. Yeah. And Yeah. That was I still remember fondly when we first got our first office for Drip. It was tiny. It was just me and Rob. But it felt like a good a good growing up step and definitely helped with collaboration i mean i think these days a lot of people are talking about how offices are not necessary at all and i think that certainly you can get by with a lot using remote tools but there's still something to be said for being you know face to face in a room and i guess not in someone's apartment too right <laughs> that's what you guys are doing right now exactly yeah yeah, yeah. it feels kind of exciting we looked at offices in the very beginning and we were like, too expensive, not worth it. And Joel was willing to like put us up. And we considered it again a handful of months ago. But it was still kind of like, no, nah, we're pretty happy where we are. And then it was just like th- this last time we thought about it and, and like all three of us were kind of like, actually, that sounds kind of nice. And I, I don't know quite like what changed or why. Maybe it's that we have like the revenue to support it or like it's been it's been two years that Joel has been hosting us. Joel and his <laughs> wife yeah. have been very uh, magnanimously letting us take over there. <laughs> their condo during the day yep um and it's like okay given that we can definitely afford this now 
and there are a lot of benefits to it. Maybe maybe we graduate to having a real space. Mm-hmm. Well, so cool. I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. How many days a week do you guys think you'll be in the office? That's a good question. Um, I definitely work a lot better getting to a, going to a place. So I, I would tend towards five. Um, maybe work it from home one day a week or something. It's near enough to Spencer that he could easily pop down for a little bit and then leave kind of thing. So, And we do that sometimes, like come in for the morning, go home in the afternoon or vice versa. Um, so, yeah. It's near the climbing gym that we went to when you could go to climbing gyms, mm-hmm. <laughs> which maybe one day will be a thing again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's next to a park and it's dog friendly and all that. So there's a lot, there's some, there's some nice benefits to it. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So we'll see. That'll be kind of a cool milestone. Yeah, for sure. And I wonder if, if like real estate is at a, or like rent, renting commercial spaces is at a discount right now, given, given the state of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this was originally going to be rented to somebody and then that fell through because of COVID reasons. Yep. <laughs> So part of the reason it's available is is that it's interesting to see the wor- our work life shifting around. Like I sort of knew it was the good old days when it was like the three of us in the bedroom, and like I tried to like take pictures and appreciate it and enjoy it, and I did. But also now I already kind of feel nostalgia for it, where it's like it's already you know more complicated. <laughs> more more moving pieces like we're, we're graduating to, to bigger things and whatnot and it's exciting but it's also like oh it was kind of beautiful and simple and interesting when it was like this 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 small thing yeah it kind of always interests me when when a company is fairly like localized like you guys are all going to be in the same office together and yet you also have teammates who are remote and like how do you kind of bridge that preventing too much like knowledge transfer from just happening over voice in the office that doesn't get disseminated out to to remote folks i think it's gonna be hard yeah i think it's gonna be a real challenge this is actually one of the things that i'm i'm hoping to have like the coach help me with yeah um is making sure our processes around that are are good Mm -hmm. when we're able i'd like to do you know pretty regular face-to-face meetings like get-togethers yeah the day-to-day like okay we've decided something uh does everyone know it is is going to be hard and i've already seen like a couple like oh we talked about this thing and then i told another person about the thing and the message didn't quite transfer the right way and so like person a thought person b was yeah it's just you know it's hard yeah these are hard Um, problems it is yeah i think that's going to actually be a increasingly challenging like we're gonna have to work on that harder and harder uh as we add because like mikey starting full-time in a couple of weeks will be like a big now there's a, a full-time person who is just is, is remote it's like okay that's that that's a real challenge now how has like twist been working out for like does it get used a lot does it mostly happen through most communication happen through we, other channels or like we use twist a fair amount yeah generally it works pretty well putting stuff in writing in a threaded form is like a pretty good way of not getting the message messed up it's like, the, okay, here's the written thing. I have noticed, like, if I take a conversation I had with Joel and Spencer and then have it with somebody else, sometimes that's when it kind of disconnects. Telephone game. <laughs> yeah, telephone yeah. game versus, like, I took the time to write a message that has the details in it. And now, like, anyone can see it and can go back to it. And there's no, like, mem- faulty memory, no, like, tr- fewer transmission errors. Um, so Twist has been pretty good. I think we're going to stick with using that for a while. And I, I think I need to kind of push more communication into it, actually, 
because like, oh, I text this person or email this person or whatever. there's a linear thread for this thing and there's a GitHub issue for that thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like a lot of places to look for stuff. I know. I've, I've already, I've noticed that and not in like a bad way, but on just some of the like, some of the tuple projects that I've been working on, it's like, there's always like a decision of like, hmm, or I have this whole palette of different communication channels in front of me. Which one, which one do I use for this? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> we could get more consistent about that. <laughs> it would be good. But sometimes it feels like, all right, text feels right for this, for whatever reason. Something that I think will continually evolve. The big learning is like, there's not really a one size fits all solution for this either. I don't think, you know, it's like, if it's conversation around, you know, a particular project and there's like a, an existing thread for that, then co-locating conversations around that in that place is good. But then if there's just a more general question that's not tied to a specific thing, well, then that probably belongs in a different place. And so, you know, it's like I think it is would be difficult to uh, to, to find one place that works. And I think we've all experienced busy Slack channels and see how like that's not <laughs> Slack workspaces are done as the, the ideal way to do this. So. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah so we're also taking a retreat oh yeah in real life retreat in real life retreat we're coming up on the next quarter and i think one of the key things that will help having remote people and having more people working on the rowing the boat is like setting clear directions and so i think we uh one of the goals of the retreat is very much to set okrs uh, so set some quarterly goals and also just like check in with each other as well where it's like okay it's kind of like phase three of tuple is happening right now or like the team is expanding and getting remote and, and whatnot and it's like okay we we should t- check in again like how's everybody doing where do we want this to go what are our ambitions what are our goals that kind of thing yeah no that's good those are really important conversations to have because you can definitely get kind of mired in the the day-to-day just chipping off you know the next thing to build or whatever and if you don't step back and look at the forest for the trees it's uh stuff can start to get lost so i think that's a a good cadence to keep up yep i agree yeah it's it's hard to sometimes have those bigger conversations when you don't feel like you have the space for it where it's like okay i know you're working on this and i'm working on that and like we have like 30 minutes before my next call hey by the way how you how you actually how are you actually doing right right (laughs) right are you are you happy with this thing are you upset about that thing how do you feel about like how i'm doing like what feedback do you have for me like that stuff's just kind of impossible to squeeze in uh, so so we're going for we're going for two nights so we'll have like one sort of full day where we know like all we're doing today is talking about tuple and sitting by the lake go to lake house i'm looking forward to that i think it'll be useful for us and i can also work with my team to provide appropriate frameworks tools artifacts and benchmarks <laughs> yeah. that they can use to develop and align their strategy Sounds like synergy to me. Yeah. One of the coaches was like, I have a document that I sometimes use to guide leadership retreats. And I was like, great, send it to me. And it was just like full of this stuff. And I was like, I can't, I can't ask these questions. (laughs) They're going to laugh at me. Yeah. You can ask them ironically, but not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. All right. Shall we uh, wrap it here? Uh, Yeah, let's wrap it. Cool. Notes of the show. Notes for the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. See ya.